0: Shavuot Tov, Shalom Alechem, all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC, and I'm going to be talking about the parashiyot that we read yesterday. The last three parashiyot were, almost all of them, were talking about the instructions On how to build the Mishkan. How to build the utensils. Of the Mishkan. The vessels. uh, The garments. Of the Kohanim. The two parashiyot. That we read yesterday. Are talking about the implementation. Of those instructions. The actual doing. The fabricating of. The uh, Mishkan itself. Now. And the smack in the middle of these two parashiyot, the Torah inserts a couple of pesukim that has to do with Shabbat. She shet yamim tease melacha, and on Yom Shuvayi, you have to rest. Now, even last week in the parasha Kitisa, you spoke about Shabbat. Achet Shabbatotaytishmoru, bishamru bnezata Shabbat. But here in the middle of the instructions and the implementation, all of a sudden, the Torah stops and tells us about Shabbat. Must be some kind of a reason for this. It Must be some kind of connection between the Shabbat and the Mishkan. Well, one connection is the Chachamim tell us that the reason why Shabbat is next to the Mishkan, is in order to teach us that all the types of work, all the various different activities that were done in the Mishkan, all those are prohibited to be done on Shabbat. The the, the Gemara mentions 39 different major activities on Shabbat. There are some other, of course, many other derivatives of those Thirty-nine major ones, but those that were used in the Mishkan, in other words, to build the Mishkan, well, you had to, you need the carpenters, you need need the goldsmith, silversmith, people that know about materials, uh, all these things that were all these various different cannot be done on Shabbat. So that's the connection. There's another connection, something more subtle. Now, you know, Shabbat and the Mishkan later on became the Beit HaMikdash. They have a special Kedusha. Both of them have special Kedusha. Shabbat has Kedusha in time and the Mishkan or the Mikdash has a Kedusha in space. In a space where the Mishkan is. You know that in... Uh, In Kodesh HaKodeshim, there was a room in the Beit HaMikdash called Kodesh HaKodeshim, the Holy of Holies, which is the holiest thing we have. And Shabbat, Shabbat Kodesh. It's very holy. The holiest day. And because they have such a special Kedusha, anyone that violates either one of these two the punishment is quite severe. When the Kohen Gadol goes into Kodesh Kodashim once a year only on Yom Kippur to do the Avodah, if he doesn't do the Avodah properly, oh, big problem for him. Same thing with the Shabbat. If a person violates the Shabbat publicly with warning, someone warns him And there's witnesses that he did it. There is capital punishment for that. Now you might say, why is that so severe? Look, if you hear, for example, someone was uh, sentenced to 40 years in jail in a civil court, what would you say? Oh, most probably this person uh, maybe committed murder, that's what you get forty years. But if you hear someone's getting only six months or a year, you would say, well, maybe it's just maybe burglary, a felony, maybe a theft, something like that. Something very light. Now, here you're getting capital punishment for something a person, for example, cooks an egg on Shabbat. Just before that, two People come to him, tell him, "Listen, I'm warning you. If you cook that egg there, you're gonna be you 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 could be sentenced to death for it." And he says, "I don't care. I'm gonna do it anyway." And the two witnesses are right there, seeing him doing it. Now that's the case we're talking about. Now, cooking an egg, and he's gonna get you know that's a Violations? Cooking? With fire? Now, let me add over here uh, on, on a tangent here that this kind of thing hardly ever happened. You know, the Gimara says that uh, a, a a bedin that sentenced someone uh, to death uh, once in 70 years was a cruel bedin. So. It happened very, very rarely. Simply because the warning has to be at that particular time. And there has to be two witnesses right there. It's not so simple to have these conditions. But at any rate, what's the idea behind giving such severe punishment for violating the Shabbat? Well, let me give you an illustration. Let's say someone breaks a leg. The bone is dislocated. He goes to the hospital, and the uh the surgeon comes and he looks and he says, "Okay, hold still." and he moves around the leg somehow, puts it snaps it right back into place. And whatever it doesn't take long. but now let me let's let's say now we have a different situation now. A person, Gaff a bit has a tumor in his brain. Ah, that's a much, much more delicate operation here. You need the most expert surgeon. You need a, a extremely precise instruments because if you just cut a little bit too much, a tiny bit, the smallest thing, oh, the consequence can be very, very harmful. And I've I've seen myself, people, who went for these kinds of operations, and the doctors, they did the best they could with the best instruments. instruments and perhaps a, a tiny little bit cut more, half their body was paralyzed. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Perhaps you've seen it too. Perhaps you have heard of it. Why am I saying this? I'll tell you why. You know we have 248 mitzvot. 248 positive mitzvot. And we have. 248 parts in the body. And. One. go One for one. One mitzvah corresponds to a certain part. Now. I don't know, I haven't seen a list of all the mitzvot corresponding to which parts of the body, but there's one thing that we do know, that the mitzvah of keeping the Shabbat corresponds to the brain. Brain is that part of the body which controls the entire body, Shabbat controls everything. All the days of the week go towards Shabbat. You know the, the story where the the, the the people would would buy something on Sunday beautiful oh he sees. oh that beautiful oranges today. Oh I'm buying this for Shabbat. Next day find something better. So he eats the one that he saw the day before Oh, this next one is for Shabbat. So every day is for Shabbat. Shabbat is the brain. Then any little thing is going to bother it. The smallest little infraction is not good. And that's why the punishment is so severe. But you see, Rabbi at the same time, Shabbat is mekor ha-beracha. Shabbat is the source of all blessings. We say, Likrat Shabbat lechu elcha, ki hi mekor ha-beracha. Very important. The person who keeps the Shabbat, the beautiful beracha. You know, if a, uh, let's say, you invite a very big rabbi to come to your house for Shabbat. Somebody very famous. Oh, you you do the best you can. You, you decorate your home. You get the, the, the best food. Uh, uh, the The best dishes. The best everything, because he's going to come and give you a baracha Also, it's a big rabbi. Well, let me tell you. What if I told you that? On Friday night, when you come back from shul, you have something even more interesting than that. More super. When you come back from shul, you have two malachim that are coming with you. There's a good malach and the bad one. And they both escort you home. And when the good malach sees, hey, everything is okay, everything is set up, Table is set up, the lights on the table, and the food is prepared. Everything is done. Then he gives you a berachah. May it be the same also next week. And the bad malach is forced to say, "Amen." What a beautiful berachah from malach. So how much more so? A rabbi, you prepare. Uh, you know, a lot for him. What about Malach See, you have to understand something. You know, the Shabbat is very um, essential. It's the center of our religion. You know, they 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 say uh, the when you have a a groom and a and a bride. They get engaged, and the groom brings a gift, a diamond ring. He gives it to her. They're going to get married maybe in six months. During that time, there's all kinds of preparations between the bride and the groom, between the family of the bride, the family of the groom. Many times there are some problems, some issues that come up. They talk about it, the issues, yeah, I this that and I somehow they iron out the issues. But if there is some kind of a problem and then the bride takes off the ring and throws it back at him, it's all over. It's finished. There's no more engagement. Well, this is the same thing. In Hasinai, the nation of Israel was married to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the ring is the Shabbat. That is the ring. If you throw away the ring, the engagement is over. It's nothing there. That's the biggest problem. That, this is the thing why Shabbat is very essential. Shabbat is a matana, is a gift of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem told Moshe Rabbinu, I have a beautiful gift there for the Bnei Israel. Go let them know about it. And because this was a gift of the Bnei Yisrael, a goy cannot be Shomesh Shabbat. A goy that Shomesh Shabbat is in trouble. I'm talking if, if, if in the days where uh, you know we went by the laws of the Torah, we had Bedin and Rez Yisrael. In ancient Israel, a guy is not supposed to be He's not supposed to be Yerushalayim Shabbat. There's a story, interesting story, about this woman uh, who was married uh, to, uh, uh, of course, to some very, you know, a man who's not religious and she would not religious. Both of them were not religious. They decided they're going to become Baal Teshuvah. Both of them. Okay, no. The, the, the woman was a big smoker, and well, she has to stop Shabbat. She has to stop. She smokes during the week. Come Shabbat, she had a tremendous urge. Somehow, magical thing. She had. To, she had to smoke. She just couldn't. She would do everything no problem, kosher no problem. When he came to, she just couldn't do it. So finally, finally, they went to a rabbi. Somebody who is, really, uh, knows, about the Kiruv, you know, Kiruv about all these kind of things. And he started asking her, about her yichus, her lineage. He said, "By your mother, your grandmother, ba, ba, And they find out the grandmother, the grandmother, was a Goya? The like grandma was a Goya? The mother is a Goya? She's a Goya. And perhaps that was done specifically so that she's a Baalat Teshuvah, but as a Goya, she should not be Shomeret Shabbat. That's why that, that urge came to her. This is very, very important thing. There are so many, uh, different stories uh, about the Chafetz Chaim, uh, about uh, uh, different other rabbis, that had to do with Shabbat. And they, this one thing that we have is, is the glorifying of the Shabbat. The more we keep the Shabbat, the more HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a reward. Asit anag <speaking> Al <in> Hashem Ve'ilkabticha Alba Mote Ares Ve'achalticha Nachalote Yaakov Avichad Enachalav Yaakov Avinu very important. Now there's one more thing I would like to bring up about the Mishkan. I think that's very important nowadays, especially in this modern world. Uh, people tend to become a little bit lazy. Uh, we Everything is done with machines. We don't do things ourselves. It comes out, well, look, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. The machine does it. It says, Who brought the Mishkan to Moshe? The Bnei Yisrael. What does that mean? Well, it implies that the Bnei Israel actually made the Mishkan. And they brought it to to Moshe Rabbeinu. I had to realize that the Mishkan was not a simple job. Very, very complicated thing. And it required a lot of expertise in many different disciplines. A lot of hard work. And especially in those days, 3,500 years ago, where they didn't have the kind of machinery and the kind of tools that we have today. It was a very, very big job. So they brought the Mishkan, but then it says, "VaYakim Moshe et haMishkan." Moshe Rabenu, he erected the Mishkan. And then it says, "Bachodesh Arishon Shin." Who came a Mishkan? Who by itself? now, which way was it? Was it the Bnei Yisrael that did it? Was it Moshe Rabenu that did it? Or was it, it came out by itself? Once the parts were all there, somehow, who come? By itself. What's the answer? The answer is all three of them. How is that possible? Well, let me tell you one thing. One of the things we know is that if a person tries very hard to do a certain mitzvah, He really, not just thinking about it. Thinking is nothing. He actually tries. And he puts in all the effort required in order to do Mitzvah. And then it just, it didn't work out. He didn't, he he could not, he could not uh, do that Mitzvah. He gets the reward. The same reward as if a person did it. That's a very important thing. You know, if you want you want to go to the shul in the morning, you can say to yourself, oh, ah, forget it. Raining outside, it's snowing outside. He said, you can do it that way. I have to take my car because the shul is a little bit away, a couple of miles away. You're not in the city. Now, on the other hand, if you get up in the morning and you shower, you put your clothes on, you go to your car and you try... Yeah, You go with the car and you, you go ahead, you drive and all of a sudden there's a tremendous uh, 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 traffic and you couldn't get to Shul on time. Well, you've done your best. You try. And if you try it, helps. Now here's what happened here is the following. The Bnei Yisrael really spent big effort and work and time in order to make all those parts. And they were trying to put the parts together. Rashi brings the Midrash. But they couldn't. They just couldn't. It was too heavy for them. Those beams were extremely heavy. So they want to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, you know, look, we tried our best. We can't do it. Moshe Rabbi is also human. He couldn't do it. He says to Moshe, what shall I do? So I said, Hashem told him, go ahead, try to pick it up and don't worry, I'll help. As soon as he tried, all of a sudden, lo and behold, a miracle and everything went, the beams went straight up, everything went together. Hukam mishkan? So all three Yes, they brought in, they made all the effort because all the effort, it's like if they did it themselves. At the same time, Moshe Rabin also tried. And at the end, what happened? HaKadosh Baruch Hu helped. There is Siatad It's always Siatad When you try to do something, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will help. You know, I've been in this neighborhood here. Many, many years. Over 50 years. And I've seen businesses on King's Highway. um, uh, They they, they start businesses, they close. Start and close. And the rate of closing the businesses could be at least 30 to 40%. Now let's do the same analysis for shoes. Or yeshivot. Or foundations. How many yeshivot that you know of? Or batiknesio that you know of? That started and closed after a year or two? Or three or four? Or five? Very few. Very few. Why? Siyat Adishmayo. When you try, of course. Uh, you want to build a, a shul. A shul may cost two, three, four million dollars. Well, how am I going to get this kind of money? So a regular person would say, well, forget it. Another person, no, I'm not going to forget it. I'm going to go. I'm going to do. I'll try. I'll speak to people. I'll do whatever they have to do. And Akadosh helps. There is such a thing as siyat Tadish there's a tremendous lesson we can learn from here. When it comes to mitzvot, ma'asim tovim, let us not take a laid-back attitude. Let's try. Make an effort. So, you take a laid-back attitude, you get nothing. You make an effort to try to do it, and you can't at the end? At least you've tried, and you get a reward for the trying. That's a big lesson that we learn from here. Shabbat is very difficult. We understand that. For people who have never kept the Shabbat, it's not easy. Of course it's not. There's a lot of strict things that we have to adhere to on Shabbat. But you know something? Once you do it, once you keep the Shabbat properly, after a few times, you will feel something that you never felt in your life. Is a certain peace of mind that comes to the person as soon as Shabbat comes. You don't think about anything. You don't think about making phone calls. You don't think about picking up a phone call. You don't think about looking into your iPhone, your computers. You don't think about doing anything. Everything, it's all done. The food is ready. Everything's cooked. You go to the synagogue. You listen, beautiful hazanut. come back home. Shalom Aleichem. And then you, you sit and you discuss the divretora Torah ala You don't think about anything else. What a beautiful thing. But that's, that's the kedusha the of Shabbat. That's the spiritual part of the Shabbat. There is taanu, which is physical. Of course, we have to eat better, we have to sleep better and so on but it's a spiritual type. And this is why Shabbat is central to our religion. Uh, Rabbi I, uh, I want to just remind you again, this station, which is uh, very important, does a lot of benefit in our community. We should try to help it as much as possible. And if you have any simha, please contact SLC. We have a beautifully renovated social hall. I'm sure we can accommodate any simcha you have. Shavuot Tov. And we'll see you next week. Be'azat Hashem.